right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. All right, let's go. Break it. Break it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1107 I didn't know that was a thing. It's not for me. I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty regulated. You know, same schedule every day, mm-hmm. mornings. Maybe his afternoons. You know, I don't see lunch. How, I don't see how that could nice be the case. Believer, it's been a long day so far for you. You still got a lot of work ahead of you. I was more so thinking like maybe he's you know sitting on the. At, <laughs> 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 he's sitting at a Whataburger, you know. Eating a chicken finger sandwich, and he's just uh, so he's in like Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah, sure, he could okay. be. Um, I don't know. The where's Army at? West Point. Where's West that Point? Is definitely not south. That is out on the east. It's okay, in Maryland, right? Yeah. So up by Buffalo, maybe. You know. Mm-hmm. What if it came down to a cheeseburger eating competition? Lance Leipold, <laughs> Jeff Munkin, whichever one of you guys can eat the most cheeseburgers in an hour, you have the privilege of being the next Kansas football coach. You know, every time there's a, a hire, there's always a story behind it. Like, this wasn't a story that was told until years later, but and just a couple of weeks ago, C.J. Moore of The Athletic wrote a story about the process behind Roy Williams being hired at Kansas and how Dean Smith had put in a good word, even though Roy Williams didn't have any head coaching experience. Dean Smith went and talked to Bob Frederick, who I think tried to get Dean Smith first. And Dean Smith's like, I can't take the job, but you should give this guy a look because he's going to make a great head coach. And they still weren't super sold on the idea of of giving it to this guy they'd never heard of. And there was a story about how Dean Smith was in Topeka visiting his parents and that Dean Smith met with Bob Frederick at at that rest stop uh, they're on I-70. The right? It's a Hardee's and yeah. like Taco Bell, I think. I don't know what else is in there. I've I've eaten at that Hardee's several times. Several times. And not even because I needed to stop there. Because, wow, Hardee's sounds good and they don't have a Hardee's in Lawrence. I'm not kidding. I'll pull off on that rest stop just to get a, uh, wow Angus Thick Burger, man. I still call it Carl's Jr., but that's for another day. You're a West Coast guy. Mm. I get it. I get it. They met at that Hardee's, and that's when Dean Smith made the pitch that inevitably convinced Bob Frederick to give Roy Williams a shot. And then ultimately, the rest is history. We know what happened from there. So that's what I'm thinking about right now as Travis Goff is out looking for the guy who's going to come in and be the next football coach of Kansas. Like, what's the story that's going to be told years from now about this journey He's embarking on. Yeah, what fast food place are they at? That's really all I wonder. Right. And I don't know enough about the East Coast fast food joints 
I hope they're doing fast food, though, because I'll tell you this right now. If I find out that they're at like some fancy restaurant eating steak and lobster, I'm going to be a little disappointed. You're not out there to schmooze right now. No, that should be that should be the litmus test. Um, you should ask the coach, where do you want to go get food? Because if they say steak and lobster, they're not a football guy. You know, I think back, there's this uh, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time to eat steak and lobster. Right. Like, let's get a pizza, let's get some cheeseburgers, and go talk in X's and O's. Right. There's this story about uh, when Rich Gannon, former Chiefs quarterback, the year he was a free agent and eventually signed with the Raiders. He flies out to Oakland. John Gruden picks him up at the airport. He goes, listen, I got the red carpet rolled out for you. I can take you to this local steakhouse. We can go get drinks afterward. Have a good time. But I know you. You're a football guy. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Or there's an awesome little pizza place. We can go to a gas station, grab a six-pack of beers, come on into the office, and I'll show you what I want to do with you in the there office. There we go. And Rich Gannon picked the ladder. And he ended up, I don't know if he won an MVP, but they went to Super Bowl, you know, worked out. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who, who's not a, a pizza and beer guy, cheeseburger and beer guy, Les Miles. Mm. Now, Les Miles was a vegan. Um, Mushroom burger. Yeah, like garden salads. Yeah, yeah, garden salads. And I think that some of that was, you know, specific to his health. And I'm probably not going to take this opportunity to say that that was a bad choice. But you know, the guys you're going after now, Jeff Munkin, Army. Where was he at before that? Division two, or was it Division three? Uh, Lance Leipold at Buffalo. Before that, was it Division three? What was that? Whitewater, Wisconsin? Is that where? Yeah, Wisconsin, Whitewater. Wisconsin, Whitewater. Like always wins. It's them or Mount Union every year in D3. I forget how in tune to D3 football powers you, <laughs> you seem <laughs> to be. I don't think I can name another one. Year in and I'll year. I'll be on college. Mary Harden, Baylor. Uh, Georgia Southern is where. I thought they were FCS and now they're D1 FBS. Who, Georgia Southern? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're in the Southern uh, Conference, so they're Division One or the Sun Belt, I think it is. So, you've got guys who have sort of had to do it the hard way, right? You didn't go to some traditional power school where you graduated and then immediately became a grad assistant, and then uh, so-and-so said, hey, give this guy a shot. He's really good. You had to grind your way to where you are. What's uh? Where was Willie Fritz at before Tulane? He was, I think, at Georgia Southern too. Actually, I think the yeah, only reason I know this is because there's a Twitter account that mm, I think okay. no longer exists that was replying to people saying Willie Fritz, uh, at the same school that Jeff Munkin was at, had a better record. Tell me if this sounds like the resume of a football guy. He was the head coach. This is Willie Fritz. Well, first he was the head coach at Blinn College. Mm, that's where Cam Newton. Went. That's where Cam Newton yeah. went. Chris Anderson, there, Birdman. He was there from 1993 to 1996. He then was the head coach at Central Missouri for 12 years. 12 years at Central Missouri. Sam Houston State for four years. They were a powerhouse. Lost in the championship game back-to-back years. National championship. Head coach at Georgia Southern for two years in 2014 and 2015 he spent the last five years at Tulane it's like a football guy to you 
So Jeff Munkin was there, and that's what that's what I've heard. And you're talking about the Twitter account that was like responding to people who <laughs> were like advocating for Jeff Munkin, and they were saying that, well, Jeff Munkin went, I don't know, like seven and four in his last year at Georgia Southern, and Willie Fritz came in and went nine and three the next year with the same players. So you tell me who's the the, the better coach? <laughs> I I love to think that Travis Goff is just looking at those two resumes and saying, well, nine and four. Nine and three is better than seven and four, right? So, if I could give one piece of advice to Travis Goff, it would be to don't overthink it. You know, do your like do the diligence and and do the interviews and you know go after your guys. And there may be guys that aren't one of those three who he's talking to. I'm sure there are. I would like to think at least very at, the, at least that much. They can you're go gonna, get Bill O'Brien and be Charlie Weiss 2.0. I would like Alabama. to think at the very least you're not going to repeat the mistakes that Jeff Long made, which was not interviewing anybody. To not be that arrogant. And that's the, the flip side of this. Travis Goff, first time AD, like he needs to nail this. And he knows that. Like he's going to be careful. And he's not going to make any rash decision and fall in love with the guy over one interview. That's what I hope doesn't happen. Don't just like sit down with a guy who can wow you and say, oh, okay, got to give it to him. But I'll tell you this. If he comes back with a guy who's not Willie Fritz, Jeff Munkin, or Lance Leipold, I'm not going to be upset. And anybody who's acting like it has to be one of those three guys, let me, give you, let me tell you something right now. Anybody who's telling you it has to be one of those three guys is only telling you that because they have talked to donors or they are a donor. And those are the names that the donors have essentially floated out and saying, this is who we're comfortable hiring. That's great. And as the AD, you have to listen to these donors and you have to you know, interpret their input. And you keep that in the back of your mind as you're making a decision. But if you go out there and you find somebody else, a no-name, the way that Bob Frederick went out and found out about Roy Williams who ended up being a Hall of Fame coach and one of the best to ever do it. Like, I'm not saying that guy's going to fall into your lap, but you don't turn those dudes away simply because the donors don't want them. Now, money is an issue. I don't know how how big of an issue. You know, I don't think it's going to be a David Beatty situation where the donors are basically saying, we don't have any money for you, right? Like, we're, we're still paying Turner Gill. We're still paying Charlie Weiss. You hired the last guy, so we're not giving you anything to go hire this next dude. Like, that was a massive mistake that they're not going to repeat. But, I mean, what did what was Les Miles' salary? It was a hair over $2 million. No, w- way more. It was uh, about two and three quarters. 2.7... Let me see. $2.775 million. He ain't making... Whoever's the next coach is not making that much. Right? Mm-hmm. We just start there. You're, you're not making close to $3 million yeah. to take over for Les Miles. Especially because you're still paying Les Miles and Jeff Long. But $2 million, is that a good... Is that probably a good starting point for how much this guy's got? Somewhere around $2 million, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more? I, I mean, the first thing we'd have to figure out is is what are the lowest end Big 12 coaches making. And, I mean, I think you start at the baseline. Like you said, it's going to be more than, you know, David Beatty. You can't go into another co- coaching search ever again and say we're going to pay a guy this little. And David Beatty was making, I want to say, like $800,000. Um, so... I mean, That's ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. In the Big 12, it looks like Chris Kleiman's at 2.5. That's the lowest reported. Dave Aranda for Baylor, his isn't reported because I think, is Baylor a private school? Is that why they can't? Yeah. They don't have to report it? Okay. So, Chris Kleiman at K-State is the lowest at 2.5. Do you start there? 
No, I mean, I think there's a really good chance whoever's coming in is making less than that. Okay. So, yeah, probably $2 million. Willie Fritz uh, has a salary of $1.2 million. Jeff Munkin is a little bit under $1 million. So whoever gets it's going to get a raise, mm-hmm. right? Now, any of these guys, I, I, so I don't, honestly, I don't know how much of an issue that's going to be. Like some of these guys may try to strong arm Kansas and say, you know, I'm not taking less than this or that if I'm going to come take over your program. But I don't know how much leverage you have at this point in the game because if you're even taking these interviews, you're interested. And everybody knows these guys are inter- interested. Lance Leipold uh, is only making $615,000. Could this we'll become triple a- your money. We'll give you yeah. $1.8 million. Could this become a situation where they give it to the guy who's willing to take the least amount of money? <laughs> I would hope not. I think, I think here's what's going to happen. Travis Goff's going to go out and find his guy, and he's going to come back to the donors, and he's going to say, here's who I want. And if the donors love Travis Goff as much as it seems like they do, I think he'll be able to convince them of anyone, even if it's not one of the two or three names that they really want. Yeah. And then he'll say, this is how much it's going to take to get him. And again, if they love him as much as it seems like they do, they'll probably say, okay, here you go. Like, we hired you because we like you and we trust you, and we're not going to turn you away now that you've found the guy. Like, this is how a, a, a functioning process should work and I think it will but again we're now about 10 days away from the spring game are you still holding strong that you think KU is going to have a coach by then a new coach by then I think so and I think if they don't to me that's almost an indication that it's going to be Jones for the year like I said earlier you would want that new guy to come in even if he's not participating in the spring game and putting his fingerprints on it yet or the scheme or whatever you're running, who's playing, what the depth chart is. At the very least, you want him to come in and be around the team for that spring game because that is one of your biggest evaluation periods heading into the summer when you're going to have off time before you get into the fall season. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I think it's important and it would be huge, but I also don't think Goff should let that drive his decision. Agreed. You, you you try to get the right guy no matter what. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if you get the right guy, it doesn't matter whether he was hired last December, in March, today, or in three months, or at the end of this next year. If you get the right guy and he fixes the football program, nobody cares. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. You don't rush this decision when you're trying to find a head coach. Maybe the last thing you should do. But I'm just, I'm, I wonder what are the questions that he's going through today. I, I do, I think that this is going to be a wider search than three guys. I know that if you go on the message boards, if you go on Twitter, they would have you believe that it's three dudes. It's the three dudes we've mentioned. Jeff Munkin, Lance Lee, Leipold, and Willie Fritz. I got to think he's interviewing more dudes than that. I think Emmett Jones is still very much a candidate. I would be surprised if he comes back in two weeks and say, we got our coach, he's right here, boom. I would be a little surprised, but... I believe him when he says he's legitimately a candidate. You just don't know what motivates him. I mean, I asked him, and I guess I kind of credit him for not answering it, because if he had answered it, this is what we could be talking about every single day. We could hold it again. We could hold it to it. Well, he said he wanted this, and these are the guys who fit under that umbrella. I asked him, what are, are there are there specific uh, characteristics or traits 
that you think lend itself to being the head coach at Kansas. And he said, you know, I have my beliefs and I'm going to find out what other people believe, but, you know, I'm not going to, that's not going to be like the set in stone, something that, that is going to galvanize this. Like I'm going to go in with an open mind. So we don't really know. We don't know exactly what he's looking for or who he's looking for, which makes it really hard to try and predict exactly what will happen from here. We'll talk more about it with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. He'll join the show coming up here in about 15 minutes. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Get your car washed because it's probably dirty right now. Whether it's, you know, washing all the germs out, you want to get, obviously, the germs out of your car. But also, you want it to look really nice. Go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. It's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's. And guess what? They have an app. It's the Tommy Club app. So download it. I know you have a smartphone, so you're going to be able to download apps. You don't have a flip phone if you're listening to this podcast. I'm just assuming that. And if you do, more power to you. But if you do then you're missing out on this great deal. Because if you download the Tommy Club app today, you're going to enjoy endless washing for one low price. Endless washing for one low price at Tommy's Express Car Wash. That's unlimited car washes, unlimited clean, shiny, and dry, unlimited use of exclusive app lane at Tommy's, unlimited access to all the Tommy's locations, and there are a lot of them, unlimited guest service, most importantly, unlimited happiness. That's a Tommy's Express Car Wash. So maybe this is the day. This is there's something happening somewhere in the world that maybe Matt Tate is going to write about, right? Maybe he writes a a 4000 word think piece on the process behind Travis Goff hiring KU's next football coach. Maybe he's sitting at a at some diner, some truck stop diner over you know eggs and hash browns. It's a little late for that in the day over a cup of coffee with KU's next football coach, right? This this is the stuff legends are made of. Matt Tate of the LJ World joins us now on the show. What do you think are what what are the big questions for you right now as as we all sort of wonder and wait for any sort of update on what Travis Goff is is doing as he's looking for KU's next coach? Uh well first of all if you're a sports writer it's never too early or late in the day for eggs and hash browns. Okay. Um a lot of us are just maybe now waking up, and some of us have been up since six. So it's just you know, don't don't put us in that box. Okay, Nick, sorry, right? sorry. No, it's okay. I just I'm I'm serious about my breakfast and being able to eat it whenever. So you know, right. I just wanted to get that out there. Okay, it's fair enough. Um, but <laughs> having said that, uh, the big questions for me, um, you, you know what I mean. This is this is uh, this is search number three hundred and sixty in my life and career. It feels like so you know there 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 are a lot of the same questions no matter what the circumstances are. But I think with this one, one of the most pressing questions for me is just how long are they going to take? And and I don't say that from an impatient standpoint and and saying that they should hurry it or that they've taken too long now. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, in fact, I think everything that I've heard about uh, how he's kind of handled the past couple of weeks. Uh, it has been right on the money. I mean, I think with this one, you got to be as thorough as you can. If that means it takes another week or two or month longer than you wanted it to, I I, I think you have to uh, let yourself be okay with that if you're Travis Goff. I I think it's 
such an important hire for the program and for the university and all that stuff, but we can't overlook how important this hire is for him. I mean, he is he is setting the table for his time as the AD here with this hire, and I think that he deserves as much time as he needs to get it right. And even if he takes all the time in the world, there's no guarantee he's going to get it right. We all know that. Um, but but I just think that that to me is is one of the more interesting parts of this thing is 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 the timeline, right? I mean, if he if he announced a coach this week, I would be a little worried. I'll be honest with you because I think that that would seem rushed. Um, if it's next week, that's not as bad, but maybe a little early still. If it's uh, you know the the end of May, then maybe that seems like it took a little longer than it should have. You know, so there's a sweet spot in there somewhere. Um, and I'm sure it's a matter of preference, and, and obviously the, the only opinion that matters on that sweet spot is, is his and the, whatever search committee or, or you know, internal people he has helping him make this decision. But um, I, I just think it's the, the magnitude of this is so big that, that you know, he, he needs to be given a chance to do it the right way and do it the way he feels comfortable so that when he introduces this guy and so that when this guy goes, one in eleven or two and ten later this year, he can stand up there and feel good backing him and feel good saying, you know, hey, we knew it wasn't going to happen right away. We knew we weren't going to win a bunch of games right away, but this is one hundred percent the right guy. Hang in there, and and I know that that's been a part of football for the past decade here. You know, coaches, uh, ads, uh, Bill Self, whoever saying, hey, just stick with it, you know, it's the right guy, give him a chance, give him some time, give him some time. But I think no matter who they hire in this situation, they have got to make their marketing campaign 100% about patience, 100% hammering home to people that this is going to take a little bit of time and that it's going to start off with a rough patch because it just is. We've seen it too many times. And, you know, you start, you start hearing, you know, the last coach, Les Miles, talking about playing meaningful games in November. I mean, he's spitting that out year one. Um, you know, Turner Gill at his introductory press conferences talked about building a dynasty here. I mean, like, I know you get excited. I know people want to hear things that they like to hear. But, Man, you just this this program, this university, this athletic department has to stop doing that, and and it has to be a mandate. I mean, I, you you can't get you know your coaches can show enthusiasm in 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 ways other than promising success right away. You know, I, so I think for me that, that that's got to be the biggest thing is just is just give them the time to make the right hire, and then when you sell it, sell it as a process and a slow process, and and put it on posters. Um, put it on, on, you know, social media. I mean, make sure that you are hitting your fan base over the head every single day with the idea that this is going to be a slow climb and we want you to be on board and, and we promise you it's going to pay off. If they do that over and over and over, I think some of the expectations will, will you know, calm down a little bit. I think when, when they find it out that, hey, we're, we're, we're two and six, two and seven, two and eight, this isn't going well, hey, I, I think that will hurt less when they realize right away that this thing is going to take some time. But, but 
Um, but, yeah, to answer your first question, I mean, I just think the timeline is so interesting. And there's a million other questions, right? I, I, I just posted something today about the, kind of the biggest ones. How much can they pay? Um, you know, does, does, the, does the person they're going after need to have any kind of KU ties? I mean, um, what, what, what about the timing of the hire? Here we are, you know, spring ball's over at a lot of places. Is that, does that make it weird to go find a guy? I mean, there's a lot of questions that, that, that will factor into this thing, but, but for me, it's just, it's just making sure he takes the, the timeline that he wants to find the guy that he wants. Well, let's go back to something you mentioned there because you touched on a few things. Um, interestingly, the, the the idea of like what the campaign needs to be once you hire this guy. I'll take it a step further, Matt. Um, I don't think there needs to be a campaign. And quite frankly, I feel like KU has done That's themselves. Better. I feel like KU has done themselves a disservice the last couple of go arounds. And what irks me as somebody who wants to see the program do well is that. Oftentimes, I'll hear about, well, that's what recruits want, right? This is this is the modern day of, I don't believe that for a second. Because I look at, like, just like the idea, and I know this is sort of cliche of, like, football guys, just, like, put your nose down and do the work, right? Let the work speak for itself. It happens in a lot of places around the country, man. And that's how programs around the country, overnight, like, you don't even notice them, and all of a sudden, they're winning nine games. Like, Chris, right. Chris Kleiman got hired at K-State, and they didn't do the pomp and circumstance that KU did when they hired Les Miles, and it's worked out pretty well for them. And I, and I just That's think right. that KU yeah. would, would, it would serve themselves quite well to just not try to make this a big affair and just going out and getting the guy who's going to come in and do the job. I love it, and I think you're right on the money. I mean, I, I wrote this on March 10th, um, you know, after Les left, that, that said, regardless of the identity of the person or who he is or what his name is, what Kansas needs in their next football coach is a guy who's going to come in here and not care what he looks like on a poster and not care about smiling and shaking hands and kissing babies and all that stuff. He just needs to be a guy who's willing to work 18 hours a day, roll up his sleeves, coach him hard, be, be convicted and, and stick to what his system is and his plan is. And, and, and yeah, a guy who's going to grind and, and, you know, I know that describes Mark Mangino to a T, and obviously Mark Mangino's not in the running this time, nor should he be, but it's no surprise that, that when you describe what this program needs, a lot of the adjectives, a lot of the traits, a lot of the words you use draw a picture that looks a lot like Mark Mangino. And so you're dead on the money there. I mean, this is about hiring a guy who can come in here and grind because it's not pretty, man. It's the Big 12. And, and there's a lot of shine with that, and there's a lot of things to like about, you know, some of the things that KU has in place, obviously their locker room and their, and their uh, strength facility and things like that. I mean, there's a lot to like. That's, that's you know, top tier of, of a lot of places in the country. But that, that's just got to be the place where the same work gets done that, that you know, gets done at, at, in high school gyms all over the country developing these kids, right? I mean, it's still about the same amount of work. So, you know, you, you don't need to get kind of uh, awestruck or, or starstruck by, by being in the big time. And, and I think that if they, if they hire a guy exactly like you just mentioned, Kleiman, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. You know, he, he came from a place that had a lot of success. He knew how to grind. He knew how to win. And he didn't change his philosophy. He didn't change who he was. He didn't change his mentality when he got to K-State, at least from what I can tell from over here. Um, you know, he stuck to who he is. 
said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to grind because that's who I am and that's what this place is. And, and, and that's why KU needs to go back to that. I mean, the, the, the less miles, miles to go show and, 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 you know, the David Beatty, we're going to be an air raid team. We're going to light up the scoreboard and all, you know, I mean, the Charlie Weiss hour every week in the press conferences. I mean, all that stuff is, is just, that's just show, you know, that's just show. So it, it's time for, it's time for them to find a grinder again. And, and I think that's kind of how it feels like this search is, is headed. I mean, it feels like they're, they're, they're tapping into guys that are, that are in that mentality. And, and, you know, of course there's a lot of, rumors out there there's a lot of talk out there um there's not a lot of concrete information about how this is going it's not like travis goff sending out his updated list of candidates every day you know so we don't know the full extent of what's going on but um but but the names that are surfacing most of them fall exactly into that category that we just described and and that in my opinion is why this feels positioned to be a very good time to make a very good hire the three names that we've heard surface a lot, I mean, dating back to not just, you know, when this job became available, but, I mean, some of these names were popping up when Les Miles got hired, right? Uh, when you think of Jeff Munkin, Willie Fritz, Lance Leipold, how surprised would you be if somebody outside of those three ends up being named the head coach? I wouldn't be very surprised. I mean, I, I think there's a great chance it will be one of those three, um, and, and I think you could you could put a blindfold on and you could throw a dart at a garage door that has a picture of each one of those guys and whichever one it hits, I think you'd make a good hire. So if that's where they are, if that's where this thing is, is, is kind of starting, man, you, you're, you're in a really good position to have some success and, and maybe actually make a hire that can get this thing going in the right direction again. Having said that, you use a search firm for a reason you use a a search committee for a reason you you take your time and be thorough like travis goff is doing for a reason and a lot of times in the process of that happening somebody pops up seemingly out of nowhere that kind of catches your eye and and all of a sudden you go wow i'm really locked in i'm really aligned with that guy and his vision and and his his path and and what he seems to be about and and how that fits at Kansas and man I didn't see that coming but I can't shake this guy and you know I I couldn't tell you for the life of me who that might be um but I I think there are probably plenty of guys out there at least a handful of guys out there that would fall into that category and and so if that happens and and it probably happens in a lot of searches um but but if that happens then you know, you're, you're, you're looking at the real possibility of hiring outside of that trio that you mentioned. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if that's how it goes. Um, but again, even if it isn't, and even if the starting point is Fritz, Monken, and Leipold, and they don't really deviate from that group, and those are your three finalists, and those are the only guys you interview in person, and then you pick from one of those three. I think you're going to have done very well. So um, it's kind of all that combined that makes me feel like this is maybe more than any other search that we've seen in the last decade. This is the one that feels like they're actually in a position to to do what needs to be done with this hire. And and maybe that's given Travis Goff too much credit. Um, 
but but I, I just get the feeling from from what he's about and and the fact that he is a, a first time AD that that realizes the magnitude of this hire and how important it is for his time at Kansas. I mean, I, I just think that that that's how it feels like this is headed, and 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 that's largely you know to ensure his own success here um, because that's the bottom line, right? If he gets the football football hire right. He's going to be well on his way to being a beloved AD around here for quite a long time, and, and so um, I, I think that you know you can't overstate how important this is. But but I just feel like there, there's something in the air. There's some sort of vibe out there that feels like um, the, the things are kind of aligning in, in a positive way for KU right now. To where you know you're not going to go out on this long search and come back with out of left field Charlie Weiss. I mean you're just you're just not. You know, you're you're gonna end up finding somebody that fits and is a quality, quality um coach from day one and and, and makes sense from day one. And and I don't know that you can say that about a lot of the other guys. So um and I'm not trying to knock those guys either, but obviously the record speaks for them, right? So um it it, it does feel like it's time for something new and in a lot of ways maybe that something new is just the new perspective that, that Travis Goff provides. He's Matt Tate. You can check out all of his work, more on his coverage of this coaching search at KUSports.com and in the Lawrence Journal world. Matt, appreciate your time as always, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, and uh, you have a heck of a week. We'll see how it all plays out. Should be fun. You do the same. That is Matt Tate, LJ World, KUSports.com. I'm Nick Schwartz. He's Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Quick shout-out to all of our sponsors, RCST Trivia, 23rd Street Brewery, Sporting Kansas City, Pella Windows, Toppling Goliath, CBD of Lawrence, River Rat, Print and Skate, Jayhawk Trophy, Hawaiian Bros, and the Lawrence Public Library. Our first matchup today brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Open for dine-in, carry-out, and catering. Outdoor patio is a great spot to enjoy the warm weather. Try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese. The Haney Turkey Stack or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery's beer, which you can get to go as well with their crowlers. First matchup of the day for RCST Trivia. It is a 7-10 showdown between Andrew Wymore and Matt Reuter. Andrew and Matt joining us now on the show. Andrew, you have some RCST experience under your belt from a season ago. Can you kind of recap uh, how it went for you last season? You know, I think I was cruising right along and uh, got tripped up on a jersey number question. Mm. Who was the last uh, KU basketball player to wear number zero? And for for some reason, T-Rob was just top of mind and I just yeah. sh- sh- shot, sh- <laughs> shot it from the hip. Uh, T-Rob and obviously the National Player of the Year mm. uh, Frank Mason was more recent than him, so uh, lost it. Lost it on that one. I bet you could name every player that's worn the number zero, right? You've been uh, losing sleep over that over the past year. Do you have a fire in your belly now? Do you feel uh, you feel motivated to prove yourself this time around? I think so. Yes, that's what I like to hear. Well, you're going to be going up against an RCST trivia newcomer, the ten seed, Matt Reuter with us now on the show. Matt, what can you tell the listeners about your KU knowledge, expertise, and why you have what it takes to go far in this tournament? Uh, I've been following uh, Kansas most of uh, my life. Um, I, my 
uh, grandfather grew up in Kansas and, and eventually was a professor there for a number of number of years. And so uh, my family grew up there. Um, I actually grew up in Missouri um, in enemy territory, so to speak. Wow. Um, so I've been following the Hawks for a while and, um, you know, I uh, follow them pretty closely. So, um, yeah, I think that I uh, have a pretty good base of knowledge to work with. Okay. Well, we're going to find out just how good that base of knowledge is. Fellas, you are the first matchup of the day, so I'm going to go over some rules and formatting before we get going. I'm going to ask you guys a series of KU basketball questions alternating back and forth between the two of you. The questions will get more difficult as we advance throughout the rounds. You both answer correctly. We move on to a more difficult set of questions. You both answer incorrectly. We're going to go back and ask you another set of questions from that same difficulty tier. You do have 30 seconds to answer your timer starts as soon as I get done asking that question, and we will play you a five-second warning. So when you hear this, you got five seconds left. Make sure you get your answer off before you hear Eric Collins yell, oh. oh. If he yells, oh, before you answer, that answer is going to be counted as incorrect, whether you get it off or not. So just make sure you answer before that timer rings. But with that being said, 30 seconds, quite a bit of time. So don't rush it. Take your time. Think through your answer. We're not trying to trip you up on any sort of technicalities. We just want to know if you know the answer. Guys, do you have any questions for me before we get going? Or do you guys want to get this thing started? Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. That's right. Okay, Matt. You're the 10 seed, so you have the option of answering first or second. I'll go second. All right. First question is for you, Andrew. Andrew, did KU win more or less than 20 games this season? More. More is correct. They won 21 games, went 21 and 9 this year. All right, first question for you now, Matt. Does Allen Fieldhouse hold more or less than 12,000 people? More. 16,300. Is that right? Do I have that number right? Give or take. I'm pretty close. All right, one for one. Great job, guys. Next question, and this one's going back to you, Andrew. What's the name of the KU big man who wore the number 13 and has his jersey retired despite playing for only two years from 1957 to 1958? Wilton Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain is correct. Question number two, Matt. What's the name of the KU big man who wore the number 25 and has his jersey retired for his play from 1985 to 1988? Danny Manning. Danny Manning is correct. All right, two for two. Back to you for question number three, Andrew. Sasha Khan's career high for points in an NCAA tournament game was 13. It came during the 2008 NCAA tournament run. Who did it come against? Was that the regional final against Davidson? It was the regional final against Davidson, and uh, his performance in that game, I believe, netted him on the all-region team. All right, Matt, question number three for you. In 2007, Julian Wright went for 21 points, 
and eight rebounds in the second round of the NCAA tournament against what opponent who had the same mascot that Davidson did? Kentucky. Wow. It was Kentucky. <laughs> I love that we have Zoom now so I can just stare at people as I know that they're going through the, the gears turning inside their head and Matt's just sitting there staring up at the ceiling. He starts to squint a little bit. He's like, mm. I'm like, what are you looking at? You're not going to find the answer up there, man, but he did. Three for three, dug deep. This is how we want to get started, okay? We had a stinker to start us off yesterday. We had a stinker to start us off on Friday. Tuesday, something special about a Tuesday because we've got a great one here between Andrew and Matt. This is the 7-10 matchup and things are getting tense. All right, Andrew. KU lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to Kentucky in 1999. One Kansas player attempted 18 three-pointers all by himself. Who was it? Was that Boshi? That was Jeff Boshi with 18 three-point attempts in that second-round loss. Matt, back to you. I watch that game. I was on spring break. <laughs> well, somebody attempts 18 threes, you're probably going to hear about it, and Boshi's kind of a, an easy candidate there. All right, Matt, question number four to keep this thing alive. The only time that a KU player attempted more threes in a game came in 1995 when this Jayhawk attempted 23s against Temple. He is now a Division I college basketball coach. Who is he? Was it Jared Haas? It was Jared Haas. Jared Haas with 23-point attempts against Temple and uh, now the, the head coach for Stanford. Okay, we're going to, for the first time, yeah, for the first, first time, time this, year. this year, we're getting into the very hard questions. And personally, I think anybody who gets one of these right, Derek's clapping. Okay, this guy, this guy wants to see you guys suffer because I don't know how anybody's going to knock any of these down. But you guys did this to yourselves by getting all of those first questions right. So, Derek's giddy with excitement. Round number five. We've got a doozy here. Andrew and Matt. Andrew, going to you now. This is the hardest questions that we have, okay? Andrew, on November 21st of 2017, Kansas set their school record for three-pointers in a game. They had 19 of them against this team. November 21st, 2017? Yes. I'm trying to remember 
early games would have been a game of the field house. Uh, like Texas Southern? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh! Kidding me? Are you kidding me? That is correct. Thanks, V and Devonta. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. All right, Matt. Matt, they didn't hit as many threes. They didn't hit 19 on December 10th of 2017, that same year. But KU did launch a school high. 38 three-point attempts against this team. December 10th, 2017. I got nothing. Uh, North Dakota State. <clears throat> The correct answer, Matt, was Arizona State. And it took five rounds. But Andrew is advancing on to the round of 32. First, I want to talk to you, Matt, because uh, you get four questions. You go four for four, which only a handful of people have done this year. You feel like that's probably enough, right? That should be enough to get you on to the second round. <clears throat> But Andrew kept knocking him down right next to you, and then he pulls one out in the in the last question there with Texas Southern. So tell me, how are you feeling right now, Matt? Uh, I mean, like, pretty good overall, you know, first time in this, and uh, uh, it's, you know, it's tough, but that's just the luck of the draw sometimes. Do you feel like seeding played a factor into this? Do you feel like maybe you and Andrew shouldn't have been matched up in the first round just based on on how well you guys both performed? That certainly seems like it. Yeah, so there you go. Direct shot at the selection committee, which honestly I feel like is warranted. I don't think Andrew's a 7. I don't think Matt's a 10. So the selection committee is going to have some answering to do. Matt, are you willing to say that you're going to be back in 2022 and hopefully gunning for a higher seed, a little bit more respect next time around? Yeah, most definitely. Andrew, you are moving on. How in the hell... Did you get Texas Southern there to pull out the win? I was at that game. <laughs> but it's Texas Southern, man. I mean, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't have gotten that one. I would have had no idea. I mean, I knew 2017 was a was a team that they, they shot. So you remember you remember that game against Texas Southern? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Svee and Devontae were, you know, in the zone and kept putting them up there you go i don't know how you do it man but uh you got it done and you are moving on to the round of 32 guys that is the best matchup we've had so far i've said that a couple of times but this takes the cake the first time we've gotten around uh, the, the, the fifth round of difficulty you guys are both fantastic both deserving of being in this tournament so matt i hope we see you next year andrew i'm excited to see what you can do the rest of the way man thank you guys thanks guys yeah thanks Wow, that was a good one. Mm. I almost feel like if you answer one of the very hard questions correctly, you deserve to 
win something based off just mm-hmm. getting one of those. Right. I almost feel like if the if the competition goes into the fifth level of questioning, you deserve something. Yeah. Like a ten dollar gift card to, like a library card. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. Big. Yeah, you do deserve a free library card if if you make it to the fifth round. Can we lock that in right now? Yes. If you make Boom. it to the fifth round, you can get a free library card. Boom. Uh, but for real, maybe that's something we explore next year. Where if you if you get a fifth question right, the very hard question right, uh, maybe that that is something we can find a way to get some prizes. Um, as far as next year, I, I'll tell you what, that Andrew guy who goes five and zero oh and hits that last question lost kind of early last year. Um, but he gave the question that he missed, which was the number zero question with Frank Mason and, and Thomas Robinson. I can get why in a short timer that question would be very difficult, you know, because immediately you think to who wears number zero, eh. and then a 10-second timer, you're locked on that player, right? So I think he is going to be maybe the most underseeded player in the tournament, and I think he's going to be really dangerous. Well, because we got so many people, and it's still happening a little bit, like that are getting out on technicalities. Mm-hmm. Well, not technical, but like just... I knew the answer. I just didn't have time. And that 10, second, 10 seconds is not very much. No. I almost think we add time to it like and once we get to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Give people, give people like 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I'm not... It, it's not a competition of who can figure out the answer quicker. It's what society's all about. <laughs> who can have it first? Who's first? Who can be the first to report it? Oh, I said it first. People do that with opinions. I'll say, oh, I really like this player. And somebody else will say, well, I, li- I, I really liked him back in July. <laughs> I go, I don't care. Hop on the bandwagon. I'm the one li- driving it. I go, dude, what? You don't own an opinion. And I'm like, why, does, why is it all about being first? How about just being right? How about taking the time to make sure you get it right? Whatever happened to that? Yeah. You We're know- bringing it back. We're bringing taking your time, and we're bringing getting it right back to the forefront. RCST trivia in 2021. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who needs the straight drive? We want to take the detour route. You know, exactly. Nice scenic view. Enjoy the wind, the outdoors. Why is everybody in such a damn hurry? <laughs> to quote uh, that one guy mm. who ended up hanging himself in Shawshank oh. Redemption. You know, the, you know the dude who uh, he yeah, ran the, the li- guy, right? He ran the library, and then he nice guy. Yeah, but he couldn't adapt to society on the out. He'd been in prison so long. You know, the world went and got itself in a damn big damn hurry. That's what he said, and I agree. And I still think that statement echoes true today in 2021. You know who's not in a hurry? RCST trivia. We're here to stay. We're taking our time. We're gonna kick our feet up. What's the what's the line in that Beach Boys song? You get there love fast, the Beach Boys. We're going to get there fast and we're going to take it slow. Mm. If you think about that while you're getting ready for trivia, you you might just end up winning the whole thing. That's all I can say. So just listen to the Beach Boys while you're studying. And maybe throw in, uh, throw in uh, Shawshank Redemption once or twice. Okay. Just turn it to AMC. It, it'll, it'll bound to pop up at least one time over the weekend. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. RCST Trivia continues next. Could your business use a little push right now? Need help getting the word out there that you're hiring? Do you just want to let people know how great of a product you have? Well, you can advertise with Rock Chalk Sports Talk and or the Best of RCST podcast. For more information, contact D. Johnson at GPM. 
gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. RCST Trivia brought to you by Toppling Goliath with a brewery and taproom located in Decorah, Iowa. Toppling Goliath features 10 of the top 250 beers in the world, according to Beer Advocate. That also includes three of the top 10, three of the top 10 world beers, and six of the top 100. If you're not going to be making it up to Decorah anytime soon, don't worry. You can order Toppling Goliath apparel and beer at tgbrews.com. Tough act to follow. We just had the best RCST trivia matchup of the year. Went five rounds all the way into the very hard level. Now, I don't expect that to happen in any matchup, but we were treated to quite a showdown there in the first matchup of the day. Let's see what our next act has in store. It's the 7-10 matchup between Ethan Wegner and Kyler Nelson. Let's get to meet our next contestants. First up, 7-seed Ethan was in RCST Trivia a year ago. Ethan, what was the question that knocked you out last season? It was, who is the repeat Big 12 Player of the Year two-time? It was Buddy Heald. Mm. I said Danny Manning. I was born in 99. I knew it was the wrong answer, but um, just a quick shout to Mr. Manning. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Manning, who never even played in the Big 12, by the way. It's one thing to to give him credit, but man, my God, he never even played in the Big 12. That's okay, though. We don't have nearly as many uh, Big 12 and college basketball questions. It's mostly KU-based, so does that give you a little bit more comfort this time around? Oh, yeah, I'm coming in with a lot of confidence, so I'm ready. So for everybody listening on the radio, we're doing this through Zoom, and I can see uh, the backdrops for these guys. Kyler, who is an RCST trivia newcomer, I see quite a bit of KU and and basketball sports memorabilia behind you. So can you just kind of give us the uh, the scouting report on you as a sports fan and your sports knowledge? Um, Big-time KU fan. You notice Krishna Koye. Derek Thomas down there, yeah. so Chiefs, anything Kansas City related to. So, grew up on KU basketball, just trying to not get uh, roasted by my family and friends for bowing out early. Is that a possibility? If you get knocked out early, you're going to hear it from your friends and family? It's not even a possible. It's a 100% chance, for sure. <laughs> okay, so you got a lot of pressure riding on you. We had a guy who came on last week who said he hasn't stopped hearing it for the last 12 months. So, no pressure, but... Some families, man, they're pretty ruthless, but wishing you guys both the best of luck. Hopefully you treat us to a, to a great showdown. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you a series of KU questions alternating back and forth until one of you guys ends up winning. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you advance throughout the rounds. You do have a 30-second time limit, which starts the second I get done asking the question. We will give you a five-second warning. When you hear this ticking sound, that means you have five seconds left to answer. Get that answer off before you hear this. If you don't answer before Eric Collins yells, oh, we're counting it as incorrect. You have run out of time. So take your time, but be cognizant of that 30-second timer. Guys, do you have any questions for me before we get going? No, sir. Nope, good. Kyler, you're the 10 seed. You have the option to answer first or second. Which do you choose? Um, I'll go first. All right. Stepping up to, to the plate. Kyler, here's your first question. Who is the KU player that led the 2018-2019 Jayhawks in scoring and is the brother of KJ Lawson? 
Uh, that'd be Diedrich. That is correct. Ethan, your first question. In 2012-2013, KU was led in scoring by a freshman who went on to be a first-round pick for the Sacramento Kings. What's his name? You said 2012-2013? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Xavier Henry. The correct answer, Ethan, Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore. Xavier Henry would have been for the 2009-2010 Jayhawks. If we're just going through the one and dones, he was the first one in 2010. Um, then it would have been... Xavier, first rounder? Xavier was a first-round pick by Charlotte, um, and then it was Josh Selby the next year. Then you had, I think, a two-year stretch, or one year, 2012 with that one. Ben McLemore was the guy we were looking for in 2013. What was it that tripped you up? Was it just the year recall of trying to match the teams to the specific years? Yeah, 2010 through 2013 is a blur in my mind. Okay, were you in college at that time? Were you in college at that time? Because that would be a good excuse that we've heard a couple people use that, you know, kind of blurry when you're <laughs> in school for a couple of years. Yeah, I wish, but I, I guess I was 12, so. <laughs> okay, well, good, you spent the last year thinking about Buddy Heald. Are you going to spend the next year thinking about Ben McLemore now? I am. I think so, but I'll be back. I can see the dis. <laughs> I can see the, the disapprovement on your face of yourself, and that's a— uh, that's a tough emotion to go through, but I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad in the immediate aftermath you're already thinking about next year and, and being back to uh, to get that monkey off your back. Kyler, you get to answer you answer one question correctly and you're moving on to the next round. How's it feel? Feels good. Dodged a bullet. Do you feel like your family's gonna be super supportive and congratulatory of you when uh, when you get off this call? I don't think I've proved myself enough for not getting roasted still. I'm still going to get roasted for something. All right. Well, maybe you can prove yourself in the round of 32. Kyler, congrats. Ethan, thanks again for being a part of this. Guys, appreciate your time. Thanks, fellas. Congrats. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Pella Windows. Pella Product of Kansas is your one-stop shop for all your window and door needs. Pella offers everything from turnkey window and door replacements to experts in the field that can work with your contractor and find the perfect solution for that project to make your house feel like a home. Whether you're building a home, taking on a remodeling project, or simply want the best replacement solution, Pella Windows has all your answers. Stop by the newly remodeled showroom on the northwest corner of 6th and Wakarusa or call 785 749 4808. Don't hesitate. Appointments are filling up fast. Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore. Mm. That was the correct answer there for uh I'll ask the question again. I, I sometimes I go back over these questions. I'm like, did I screw up? In 2012, 2013, KU was led in scoring by a freshman who was a first round pick for Sacramento. What's his name? When he took a while to answer, I thought that he was getting tripped up on the years, and in his head he was thinking, is it Andrew Wiggins or Ben McElmore? I thought that was going to be the decision for him. But I think based on the answer, I don't think he ever even thought of Ben McElmore, um, which to me, the 
again, like listen to everything we say in the question because we're putting context clues in there. I mean, the context right clue here. for me, beyond the info about him being a freshman and leading the team in scoring and stuff, the biggest context clue in there, first round pick of the Sacramento Kings. I don't even know why we're explaining. I mean, this is a that was a slam dunk. Yeah. I mean, that was an easy question. Um in 2012, 2013, the second the first things the first words that come out of my mouth. Okay, 2012, you know they went to the Final Four. Thomas Robinson, Tyshawn Taylor went to the Final Four, lost to Kentucky in the championship game. If that's where you're starting, okay, 2012, so this would have been the next season. Who was still on that team? Jeff Withy, Travis Relliford, Elijah Johnson. But who was the best player? The guy who wasn't playing the year before? Ben McElmore. Right? You just got to go through your head like that. Okay. Like, find the one thing that you do know and then move from there. So even if, it, okay, 2012 is the easy one because, oh, I know they were in the title game, so what happened next? Or what happened the year before? 2011, VCU. 2010, Northern Iowa. 2013, Trey Burke, Michigan, Elite Eight. Who was on that team? Jeff Withy. Okay, who else? Ben Mack. You just, you got to work through it. You got to work through some of those. And I think some it, it's it's difficult for first-timers Um I think just to figure out how to sort of work through, which is why it's helpful to just listen, man. Listen to these. Listen to these matchups. Because if you do and you're sitting there in the car or you're sitting there at work and you can work through the questions as the people are doing it live on the show, it's going to help you a lot. Whether they get it right or wrong, you're going to understand what they did and how to sort of either avoid it or replicate that when you're on. So, Matt, I'll be honest, last year, I think I was kind of nice to people. I think I was, oh, man, that's, that's okay. Well, thanks for coming. This year, I mean, you miss you miss layups. I'm not going to be nice to you because you shouldn't be missing these. And honestly, if you're missing these layups, you shouldn't be in this competition. I'm trying to find the best. I am trying to find the most knowledgeable KU basketball fans in the world. That's a simple request. It's a simple request. And last year, we had a lot of people, quite frankly, didn't belong in this. I can already tell you we have a much, much, much stronger field. But there are still some people who are kind of scraggling. And we're not turning anybody away. But what's going to happen year after year is more and more people are going to hear about this. More and more people are going to hear somebody else screw up on the air and say, are you kidding me? I would have gotten that. More and more people are going to listen to the whole thing and say, I would have won this thing. And those are the sorts of people that are going to come in next year and probably push out the people who are saying, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. So if you're missing these... I'm not saying you're done. I'm saying back to the drawing board, right? Go back, try something new, come back stronger and better, more prepared next year. I know we kind of joke around about the studying aspect of this, but, like, the people who are winning are actually, like, studying. And what do I mean when studying? You know, I I don't think they're going home and just uh, pulling out whatever KU history book or something for three hours. But they're at least, like, briefing over, oh, these are the tournament runs. These are uh, the KU media guide. Or this is this, this, and that. Like, this is some stats from whatever, like uh, quick searches uh, for maybe 20 minutes a day or something on your computer. The people who are advancing, a lot of them, not everybody, um, some people just naturally gifted, but a lot of people are at least briefing themselves over. A lot Mm -hmm. of people, or even if you're not doing that, I consider, quote-unquote, studying, like you said, listening to the other matchups, whether it is picking up kind of the context and the process of going through the questions, or if it's just, you know, you might hear a question that has an answer, that then you come on, you get a question, and it might not be the same question. Like, it might be, oh, who is the leader on that team in points per game? And then this one's, who's the leader on that team in steals per game? 
But if you heard the previous question, you know what year it is. Now you have it in the back of your mind. Now you're ready for that next one. So I'm telling you right now, I know for a fact. I'll tell you this. Final four contestants from last year, Isaac, Tate, Eric, Liam, all four of those guys in the round of 32, I promise you right now, they're listening every day. I guarantee you those guys are listening every single day. They've already done it. They've been to the Final Four. They've proven themselves. So if you're still in the mix, whether you're in the round of 32 or you're going later this week, just know your competition, the guys who you should be worried about, they're working hard. They're putting in the work, the extra work, overtime. So you better be doing the same. All right, that concludes my TED Talk. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. We got one more matchup coming your way next. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Sporting Kansas City. MLS is back. After finishing at the top of the Western Conference last season, Sporting Kansas City is ready to take the field and paint the wall this year. And if you haven't heard, Sporting Kansas City will be welcoming a limited capacity crowd again this season. To watch Sporting Kansas City live and in person this year, go to SeatGeek.com slash SKC. And because you're a listener of Rock Chalk Sports Talk, use the code SKCRCST at checkout to get an exclusive discount on tickets. Again, use the code SKCRCST at checkout and receive an exclusive discount for our listeners at checkout. We'll see you at Children's Mercy Park. Last matchup of the day, RCST Trivia. Only three matchups today. We've had one good one. One, uh, what's the opposite of good, Derek? Subpar would be a nice way of saying it. That would be the nice way of saying it, yeah, that lasted just two questions. So I'm not expecting greatness every time, but I want to finish this thing on a high note. Let's see if our next two contestants can help us achieve that goal. Our last matchup of the day, a 4-13 showdown between Chris Yurchik and Chad Sloan. Chris was in the field of 64 a year ago, I believe, made it all the way to the round of 32, where, Chris, you were knocked out by what question? It was about a Big 12 tournament MVP that happened to be a Missouri player, so I felt it was a pretty unfair question since they're not a Big 12 team. <laughs> well, he's the second guy today who got knocked out a year ago based off a Big 12-themed question. And yep. the person who got the Big 12-themed question wrong actually, actually got knocked out. So hopefully... You have uh, a better faith than he did because it didn't work out well for him this time around. But maybe for you, it'll work out. I see you're done in the uh, the KU sweater, so you feel yeah, like this snow is gonna... on the ground. I thought it was fitting. yeah, very fitting. You feel like this is going to be more in your wheelhouse, the KU themed questions. I certainly hope so. All right, well, you're going to be taking on a newcomer, the 13 seed Chad, with us here on RCSD Trivia. Chad, how would you sort of describe yourself when it comes to Kansas basketball knowledge? Well, I've been a fan my entire life, um, so I've been watching my entire life. Uh, I'm a little little worried about dates and stuff, but uh, I, I know a lot about players and coaches, so hoping I can live up to the hype. Sometimes it's about matchups. Sometimes it's about the questions just sort of falling in your way. Everybody has their own niche, right? Everybody's got their area of expertise, so... We'll see how it works out for you guys. All right, Chris, Chad, you're our last matchup of the day, but I'll quickly go over some formatting. I'm going to ask you guys a series of KU basketball questions, alternating back and forth until we get our winner. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you advance. You have 30 seconds to answer your question. Your timer starts as soon as I get done asking the question. 
We will get you a five-second warning when you hear this clock ticking. That means you have five seconds left to answer. Get that answer off before you hear this. If you don't answer before you hear him yell, oh, you have run out of time, and we automatically have to count that as incorrect. Chris, Chad, are you guys ready to do this? Do you have any last words before we get this started? Good luck, Chad. Good luck. Wow. Sportsmanship. That's what it's all about. Sportsmanship not dead here in RCST Trivia. Chad, you are the 13 seed. You're the underdog. So I will give you the option of answering first or second. Which do you choose? Um, I will go uh, first. First question is for you, Chad. What color are the shoes on the Kansas Jayhawk logo? Wow. Okay. Uh... Questioning myself now. They're uh, yellow. Oh, they are yellow. <laughs> you you were sweating. I could see. What were you What were you debating between in your head there, Chad? I I don't. I, I had for some reason I was going back between red and yellow. Okay, well, you knocked it out. There we go. Get that first question out. It feels good just to get it out of the way. All right, your first question now, Chris. What color is the K and the U on the middle of the Kansas Jayhawk logo? They are white. They are white. You're literally wearing it on your chest right now. (laughs) I can see it through the Zoom camera. All right, guys. Way to go. On to round number two of questions here. And we're going back to you now, Chad. This KU wing played from KU... From 2005 to 2008, he was a three-time All-Big 12 member and recently had his jersey retired inside Allen Fieldhouse. Who is it? Uh, 2005, 2008. Can you repeat the question? This KU wing played from 05 to 08. He was a three-time All-Big 12 member. He recently had his jersey retired inside Allen Fieldhouse. Um, um, uh, Travis Relford. The correct answer, Brandon Rush. Brandon Rush played from 05 to 08, three-time All-Big 12 member. So, Chris, if you can get this question correctly, you're going to be back into the round of 32 here in RCST Trivia. Chris, here's your next question. KU had another wing about a decade earlier from 1996 to 1998. He was a first-team consensus All-American in his final season with the Jayhawks. He also has his jersey retired inside Allen Fieldhouse. Who is he? Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is correct. And Chris, you are moving on to the second round. Didn't take much time to... uh, to answer that second question. So you answer with confidence. How you feeling now moving on to the second round? Uh, feeling pretty good. 
man of few words, but you know what? You let your <laughs> actions you let your actions do the do the speaking. Are you poised for a, for a deep run in RCST trivia this year? What do you think? I uh, I think there's a tough field, but I like my chances. Now, Chad, you got tripped up there on the Brandon Rush question. You went with Travis Relliford, but I knew just as you were shaking your head, throwing something out there at the last second, you knew it wasn't right. Um, right. Take me through kind of what was going on in your head there as you were uh, trying to come up with the answer. Uh, I was, like I said, I kind of struggled with the dates. And as soon as you said it, I was like, duh, 2008, <laughs> national championship. Come on. Yeah, I should have came up with that. Yeah, so the timer gets to you, right? Like the, the, the clock yeah. in the back of your head, once you don't know it, all you're thinking about is I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, Chad, we appreciate you being a part of Trivia, Chris. Happy to have you back. Congratulations. Moving on to the second round. Chad, you did a great job as well. Guys, thank you for closing us out today. Have a good one. All right, you too. Good Bye. luck, Chris. Brandon Rush. Brandon Rush. I mean, it happened again, dude. Back-to-back matchups. <laughs> this one's actually in the easy tier of questions. Even in the first one, yeah. was in the really easy. I feel like this one's almost easier. Mm-hmm. 2008. 2008. He 2008. He up on the shoe one, which I could get. Like, that one can be tricky. If, 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 if somebody would have gotten knocked out by the shoe question two years in a row, <laughs> yeah, <that too. laughs> the, the question-asking committee would be under serious fire. Mm-hmm. But, counterpoint... Okay, that, I, I mentioned this earlier. You asked me if we had any repeat questions. I said there are a few in the really easy column because when it's really easy, it's like left or right. You know, it's simple stuff. So there are going to be a few repeats. That was a repeat. And if you get out on a repeat, I mean, I, I have no I, – I don't feel bad at all. I mean, I don't know. Should I feel bad if anybody gets out? Probably not. But I do feel bad when people make it to like the fourth or fifth round and get out. I feel – bad sometimes when they lose on an early question and it's like, oh man, should that have been in a little bit harder of a, a category? I feel no remorse if you miss a question that was asked last year. I'm getting hardened by this, I by know. this competition. What is up with us? I used to be a nice person. I used to be a sympathetic person. I could put myself in the shoes of others and try to go through and experience what they're feeling. I no longer feel that way. I feel nothing but disdain for you if you miss these questions well, that you should be it, getting. Though. He got it though, so we don't have to worry about that. He got the shoe one, at least. This KU wing played from 2005 to 2008 en route to being a three-time All-Big All 12 member and recently had his jersey retired. Yeah. And, I mean, you heard you heard him say in the pregame like he wasn't good with dates, which is a problem for this because we have to timestamp. 2008? You know, 2008, that too, that too. dude? Yeah, it's the national championship team. Okay, but, so you know this guy was on the national championship team and he was a three-time All-Big 12 member. Yeah. That eliminates everybody except for Brandon Rush. Yeah. So I, I just want this to be a lesson for people. If you're not good with dates, go back and study them because no matter what, like we're going to have to throw a date out there. We can't just say, yeah, I, I guess there's somewhere. It's like, who is KU's leading score? And that's doesn't Oh, and have guess a date what? Yet, you know? Somebody else missed that yeah. one too. But like when we're specifying certain players, like we have to say a date. You know, I can't just be like, what Bill Self big man was an All-American? You know, you're like, uh, there's like five of them or like seven. I don't even know. There are probably a lot. We have to specify a date. Like, there's things I want to say right now, but it wouldn't be fair to the people who haven't gone yet, to, like, the people who've been eliminated. We're just bitter today. I don't know why. I think you know what it, what it is. I, I almost, I want to help people. I want. I, know, I want you that's to, what it is. Like, the resources are out there, man, to find out all this stuff. And, like, seriously, KU, the university, documents everything that has ever happened for that for that athletic program. So, like, you can find the answers to everything. You know what it is for me? 
We had that first matchup where it goes five rounds deep. We actually yeah. had somebody answer a really hard question. Like, yes. And then it was like it was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be like the best day of the tournament. And then it just like kind of let down the last kind of floundered. But you know what? First round That's okay. Like like we always say with the NCAA tournament. If the first round is lousy, maybe that means that the second round is going to be really special, and that's what I'm holding out for. We've still got some more matchups. We've still got some more matchups to get through the first round, but only two days left. Tomorrow and Thursday, no matchups Friday, so by the end of Thursday, we're going to have our field of 32 set for the second round, which is starting next week. And the people who are winning next week, that's when you're going to start raking in the prizes. I can't wait for it. RCST Trivia. Two more days left this week in round one. He's Derek Johnson. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by former Chiefs defensive end, a Super Bowl champion, a six-time Pro Bowler, Neil Smith. You won't want to miss it. That's on the other side. You're listening to Rock Talk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. All right, so we got former Chiefs defensive lineman, Super Bowl champion, Neil Smith, who's going to join the show here momentarily neil is joining us courtesy of lawrence american shaman cbd who's got their 420 event going on today a ton of cool stuff going on down there a 30 percent off sale they have free tacos from taco john's uh just to really quickly before we we move on to that there's uh an interesting tweet from dennis dodd that uh i guess we'll have to get to later because i think we have Neil Smith joining us now on the show. Neil, you with us, man? What's going on? I'm here. How you guys doing? Good, dude. How you doing today? I'm good. Sorry for being four minutes or five minutes late. I just got up to uh, Spillway trying to get to uh, no. get to Lawrence. I'm here now, so there we go. Hey, we're happy to have you, man. Um, especially this time of year, which I know we're going to talk about what you're doing over there at uh, CBD American Shaman today. But I, I want to first just touch on the draft coming up uh, uh, about a week and a half from now. I don't know how much. Do you get into? Do you nerd out on the mock drafts and, and doing stuff like that, like the average fan? Well, you know, I don't. I, I I normally don't get out on the mark just to 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 see what we know. I just go off the top of my head and knowing that, like you know, a couple of pieces that you miss or re miss in the um in the draft of what we looking at the teams that we had, you know, in the previous year. And as you know, you know, going into the last year of the Super Bowl. Uh, where we struggled at, you know, having a quarterback that was injured, that he couldn't be upright, and you know, and and to the biggest game um, of the season, um, I just really think that um, it's definitely the uh, you know offensive line has got to be appointed to and and looked at. Uh, you can always, you know, you can always use another edge rusher. You know, uh, there's so many different spots that you you know a cornerback would help defensively. I think you can, you can always pick a guy up here and there that can help a young cat that can come in and fill in. So it's um, I uh, you know when I look at it, that's that's what I think my personal feeling. But you know, I'm not in the front office, and I know that those guys got it down pat. Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting spot to be in. Where on one hand you would say, okay, there's not many, if any, organizations better suited for long-term success than the Chiefs are right now. But the flip side, as you mentioned, was it seemed like, and I don't know if exposed is too strong of a word for what happened in the Super Bowl with that offensive line. It does seem like there's a very obvious need there. When you're, and you've played for these types of teams, when you're at sort of the top of of the NFL hierarchy, do you feel like you draft based off need or do you sort of go out and, and try to maybe add to the strengths that you already have? 
Well, you have to definitely add to the strength. I think everyone's known that. But then you also have to go and not disrespect the need that you have needed in the draft. So you really need both. I think that, you know, the need is definitely, you know, you, you made a good point of going out and get a great center. And now you need to, you know, protect you know, protect him on the edges and um, what I mean, Patrick Mahomes on the edge and, and, and having an offensive lineman there. So uh, I think if you do those type of things and, and, and the weapons that they have, the three amigos that they have, that, you know, in Kelsey and, um, and, and <clears throat> that those things don't need to be addressed and you can definitely, um, you know, go and grow off of that. So I think you need them both. And, and, and that's good that you hit on that point. Well, offensive line, I think, is a, a position that a lot of people are circling right now a little bit out from the draft. At that position specifically, how tough is the adjustment from going from college to the NFL versus other positions? Like when you look at positions where, okay, you can make that step pretty quickly and the transition pretty quickly versus other ones take time, where does offensive line sort of fall in that discussion? Well, you know, as coming in as an offensive lineman, it's a lot of pressure. You know, you got a lot of veteran guys. Uh, you know, when I was when I was came in the best veteran, I think that you know I got that that feeling that if you put any any young guy in front, I don't care who he is or how big he is, that I'm gonna expose him. And I think me and Derek Thomas, when we played back in those days, that was those type of that's that's just the attitude we had. So it's kind of hard for the you know to adjust, and then the long season, you know, the lot you know the high expectation. You know, as you you know, if you get drafted, you got to be that guy right now. It's kind of hard. It's really it's really hard on any player that you know to take those positions. Now, the skill position is a little bit different. You know, um, of course, you know everyone is good in 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 the national football league. So you got to look in the perspective of uh, everything that that's going on in there, where um, you know you can fit in. You know, as a skill guy, but you you know as a defensive lineman and offensive lineman, it takes a little bit more progression time wise to get in and, and actually, um, you know, to get the feel of things and to get the confidence in practice and, and, and also in games. A lot's been made of, of this draft class that a lot of the offensive tackles uh, don't really have long arms, which, I don't know, it, it seems kind of funny to me because it's, you know, you're, you're blocking the guy in front of you. I, I guess long arms help. But um, as somebody who's gone up against a lot of offensive tackles in your day, how much does that matter? How much does having that long wingspan kind of matter, or is it something that's kind of overblown? No, it's not overblown at all. It's a great weapon. I had that weapon on the defensive side, and also went against the best guy that I've ever went against in my life. Uh, um, as far as in the NFL, you know, Anthony Munoz that had those long arms too, and then John Alt. We had one in Kansas City. John Alt was a guy that 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 really played to his highest potential and played excellent football um, um, for the Chiefs for a long period of time, and he had those long arms. So I think that, you know, that is a weapon. Short-arm guys, you know, seem to have, you know, problems as big as they are. But, you know, the reach is what it is. You know, as long as you can get them and get them off of you, you know, away from your past, then, then, then you're a threat. When you don't have those, you know, you don't have that that extension, um, you know, on the edges, it, it kind of brings uh, it kind of brings a little – uh, a, a little, uh, um, you know, a little dormant to your to your uh, your rushing, you know, your 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 ability to play. We're talking to Neil Smith here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Neil, two-time Super Bowl champ, he's uh, one of the great pass rushers of the '90s, one of the great pass rushers in NFL history. Neil, you're you're coming to us uh, courtesy of Lawrence American Shaman CBD. I know in the past you have talked at great lengths 
as to the toll that playing professional football has had on your body. Now, CBD wasn't around when you were playing, but can you just talk about your experiences with it, uh, especially considering the line of work that you you played in for for decades? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, You know, like I was always telling people, I was one of these guys that, you know, I never believed in the opiates, you know, um, that they was giving out to us, you know, as players to, you know, try to help us get to ease the pain. You know, I never did. You know, I never was into, you know, any drugs of, of, of any kind to fail a drug test in the National Football League. But I was always always an all-natural guy. And once I found out, you know, CBD, America's Shaman, you know, since I stopped playing, then I think that it brought so much empowerment and, 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 and gave me a better life because they have so many different products. And I just selling the products that, you know, I've always said that I would never do anything that I was never on. I'm on, you know, CBD, um, and I actually take it, and I actually give it to my, I give it to my animal. I have a 20-year-old dog. That you know, that's on it and, and look like it's bringing him new life too. So uh, I feel good about myself every day, you know, and, and, and actually going through life with, you know, with no pain and I can golf and, and walk and have ability to do different situations, um, you know, with, you know, with this product. So, yes, I'm here, you know, on 6th Street. I'm here at, you know, CBD, American Shaman on 6th Street here in Lawrence, Kansas today. And of course, they got some people running through, but we like to see a lot more people. Here coming through, they got free tacos and margaritas, and they're trying to just bring the, the empowerment to you know to Lawrence. Yeah, and so we uh, we talked to the owner Brandon Zola earlier. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you guys got going on? I know you mentioned um, you got some free food, but I know there's also a pretty cool sale going on over there. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Brandon is a great owner. You know, uh, here in Lawrence, Kansas. You know, a part of the Shaman family. And he does an excellent job. If you have not seen his store, you need to come in and, and see it. They're giving free samples away over here today for what I'm here. You know, like I said, they have free tacos. And uh, since it's Taco Tuesday, and it's also 420, they got a free uh, product over here that they're giving away. And, um, you know, if you have something to sign or you want to come out and take a picture with yours truly, I'm here too, um, you know, to meet and greet people here for the next hour and two hours um, that I'm here. And, and see and test um, the products that we have. I mean, we've got over 400 products, different products. Um, I don't know if he called for them here, but whatever he needs, we have it here to 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 better you, your life, and your family, and and also your kids. I know some people who aren't familiar with CBD, Neil, like they don't really understand how it works, and like for somebody who uses it and uses it for for pain management, like what what what's your kind of go-to product? How you usually consume CBD? Well, I do all base, and also I do um, I do a CB night where that's really helps me um, tremendously, you know, because you know I used to sleep um, very very lightly. Um, I'm, now I'm getting a lot of better sleep because I've always I've been one I was not like the, the late Derek Thomas was where he never considered time. Time was always an issue for me because I never wanted to be late. Derek didn't care if he was late; <laughs> he was late for everything. So I always kind of slept on the edge and look at the clock all the time. But now I can finally sleep through the night and get great night's sleep. And then also I get, you know, I have an all-base on CBD that I take every day, a couple of drops of it, you know, in my water or whatever I'm drinking. And, and it just keeps, the, you know, the pain. And, and I have a tropical cream that I use that really tremendous sleep for me that I, that I, I, I do anytime I ever feel pains in any of the surgeries, 15 surgeries that I had in my life that I can rub on, you know, cream base. And it actually helps me um, throughout the day, you know, just, 
cream base, just rub it on any sore areas, and, and it works very well. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, I take, uh, I didn't know anything about CBD. I take it before the show every day. It's fantastic, man. Awesome. I love the stuff. I mean, we have to, you have to look at what we have, man. I mean, we got from, you know, we have from coffee to tea, you know, we have honey, any availability of um, um, any form of way you want to take any product, we have it and we're making it. And, you know, the good thing about uh, CBD American Shaman is that, you know, we don't have that third man. You know, we, we do all of our stuff in-house. And we don't have that third person to, 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 to bring out and to distribute it or to actually make our product. We make it right from here in Kansas City, and we, do, and we deliver it all over the country from the, from the base of the Midwest. That is CBD American Shaman Lawrence over on uh, 1530 West 6th Street. Neil Smith's going to be there for uh, about the next couple hours or so. They got free Taco John's. There's a 30% sale going on. It's their 420 event at CBD American Shaman. Neil, it was, a, it was a pleasure to get to talk to you today. I really appreciate you giving us a call and hopping on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Go right. Chiefs. Yes, sir. Thank you. That is the great Neil Smith, one of the greatest pass rushers, certainly in Chiefs history, certainly of the 1990s. And uh, when you look at the numbers, man, uh, it's very hard to stack up with the production that that man has on his resume. All right, it's about 20 past the hour, and you're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk.